All right. We may be expecting a few latecomers, but it's 4.30, so I will call the meeting to order. Welcome, everybody. Um, the first question is recognizing alternates. Do we have any? I don't see it. Well, Charlie Eastum is here for Ruthina Malone. Okay. Um, and then Janice Weiner um, had asked to attend the meeting virtually, so we were able to accommodate that request. Um, we were, we're not able to see her, but she can hear us and we'll be able to hear her. Great. Uh, the second item is um, considering approval of the meeting minutes. Move approval. Any discussion? All those in favor, please say aye. Any opposed? Aye. Motion passes. The, uh, the next item is the setting the board, the next board meeting date, which is listed as July 13th. And when I spoke with Kent yesterday, he mentioned that it would be moving to Coralville. That's the plan. So um, we will be rotating out to Coralville in July. Uh, the next item is public discussion of any item not on the agenda. Does anyone have any items they would like to discuss? Okay. I'll, I'll mention, John, that I'm filling in for Kent today. He had an emergency. Um, luckily, most of the items on the agenda are routine, though. All right. Good. Right, the uh, administration, um, <clears throat> Emily will be speaking uh, on the update to the MPOJC public participation plan revision process. Thanks, John. A public participation plan is a document designed to formalize the public input process used by MPOs in their planning processes. Each major planning document developed by the MPOJC has specific requirements for public input, which do vary depending on the governing body that requires the work. MPOJC last updated a public participation plan in 2017, and federal guidelines recommend that the plan be updated every five years. The current plan, which is attached to the memo, is consistent with federal and state regulations and stipulates minimum requirements for providing residents and stakeholders with reasonable opportunity for input. The plan formalizes the planning policies used by MPOJC and encourages public participation and communication with member entities. As required by the adopted plan, a 45-day notice for public input will be published regarding the revision process. And as part of this update, um, we would like you all to please review the plan and provide any comments or suggestions you may have for us. Um, we intend to present the revised plan to you all at your July meeting for approval. Um, I will add that we did not make any significant changes to the attached document. We changed names, um, dates, um, but nothing of substance. Um, the requirements and length of notices are all the same. Um, like many agencies, um, as Ken has mentioned in the past, we do struggle a bit with public input, but we have been trying to reach out in various ways um, through social media. We've been um, trying to hold more Zoom public input meetings, just some lunch and learns. Um, so we're trying to reach out, um, but if you have any recommendations, suggestions for us, um, please let us know. Anyone have any thoughts or comments? 
I did have a couple. Um, Emily, you just mentioned social media outreach, which isn't reflected as something that's, I mean, obviously you could do more than is in the plan, but I didn't know if that was worth kind of codifying into the mm. plan as far as in addition to just the MPOJC website. Yeah, that's something we certainly can consider um, and see how that would fit in. Um, like any, um, I guess, social media, things are always changing. So right. we would just want to make sure that it's um, general to include, um, you know, things like Instagram, um, Facebook, and, and Twitter so that in the event that something goes away, which, you know, I don't anticipate that happening soon, that um, we were able to communicate with the public. I, I was looking at the getting the word out section. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that um, with regard to say uh, planning and zoning commission, you know, we have the Johnson County planning and zoning commission, but not the Iowa city planning and zoning commission mm -hmm. or the Coralville planning and zoning commission. And, you know, I was trying to think about what, what commissions might particularly, you know, likely have an interest in transportation planning. And it does seem to me planning and zoning would be a potential audience or mm -hmm. interest group who could be incorporated into the, the outreach in terms of getting the word out. Certainly. Um, and that list that is shown in the document um, <clears throat> is the list of those agencies that have reached out to us. Uh -huh. And they've indicated they would like to be notified of any um, happenings um, related to the MPO. So, you know, we certainly can reach out to um, groups that are across communities like planning and zoning yeah. and see if they would like just, to be Just in notified. terms of consistency. Sure. Uh, but I do think they seem categorically to be a, a group that would be interested. And another was the um, Climate Action Commission. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, land use transportation is a big piece of the, our climate action plan. And um, I, w I would imagine some of the commissioners would be interested in, you know, like our long range plan that we're seeing today. Sure. Yeah, we, we can reach out to those entities and see if they would like to be added. Okay, great. Yeah. I was kind of wondering about the, um, <clears throat> now that the new uh, self-sustaining uh, municipal improvement district has been passed on the southeast side of town, if that's an opportunity for outreach somehow. Um, yeah, we can look exactly into it. I exactly what they'll be doing in terms of bringing people together, but I'm sure there'll be some, some efforts to bring mm -hmm. people together around that. It might be an opportunity to dovetail. Yeah, that's a great suggestion. We'll look into that. Emily, as additions to this list, you mentioned orgs can reach out and ask mm -hmm. to be added. Are there any parameters or limitations, or it's just this is your blast distribution this, list? This is our blast, yeah. Okay. And is there, um, I noticed that publication in the Press Citizen is one of the kind of specific items for notice. Mm -hmm. Does the MPOJC also do press releases that has like a media distribution list? We do send press releases. I can't tell you off the top of my head if we target particular media um, companies, associations, um, but we do have a list that we send out um, along with any any typical publication. Would you like that to be more specific? I mean, again, I, I know we can always do more than what's sure. listed here, but I think sort of a general trying to hit m sure. more than just the press sure. citizen, especially mm -hmm. with how local media has changed in the last few sure. years. Yep. Yeah, I've been thinking about the Gazette, and I know many people read in Iowa City read the Gazette. They may or may not read the Press Citizen. You know, it's just two two papers locally that 
have some overlapping distribution, but they're mm -hmm. both important. Definitely. Uh, I wonder too, Emily, uh, as an alternate uh, from the school district to this meeting, I haven't actually read the entire packet before the meeting, but uh, uh, I, 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 parts of it that I skimmed do mention uh, school-related uh, transportation issues, especially uh, ability to get to a school uh, by bicycle or some other alternative. And I don't know if, since the district, I think, is not actually a member of the MPOJC, um, maybe I have that wrong, I'm not sure. Um, if it's possible to include uh, notifications to the district staff about planning related, planning issues that relate to transportation to local school buildings yeah we can certainly um, try to identify those staff um, that would be interested in that information and, and get the information sent out as it relates and the district as you probably know is uh, uh, anticipates building uh, 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 more buildings over the next few years too so yes yep I'll add that to our list Any other comments or questions? Okay, thanks. Uh, we move on to uh, transportation planning. Consider approval of the draft fiscal year 2023-2026 MPOJC transportation improvement program projects. Thanks, John. The Annual Transportation Improvement Program, or TIP, is our local programming document for federal and state surface transportation and transit projects. The significance of the document is that all MPO-funded projects must be programmed in the TIP in order to receive funding. Project pages um, from the draft 23 to 26 TIP are attached for your review. The 20, in 2021, the board awarded $7.38 million in STVG funds to four projects to be programmed in the fiscal year 25 to 26 timeframe. Um, the projects programmed in FY25 included Iowa City's Taft Avenue Reconstruction Project, Coralville's Highway 6 and Deer Creek Road Improvement Project, and University Heights Sunset Street Pavement Repair and Pedestrian Improvement Project. North Liberty's Ranshaw Way Reconstruction Project was to be programmed for FY26 and is now included in this year's TIP. And then the board also awarded $520,000 in TAP funding to Iowa City's Highway 6 Trail Extension Project to also be programmed in FY26. So these two additional projects are included in the TIP. They were not included in last year's TIP because that ran from FY22 <coughs> to 25. This spring, the board voted to program approximately $60,000 in that surface transportation block grant funding to participate in the DOT's pavement data collection program. And they also voted to opt out of the federal aid swap. These actions, again, are also reflected in the TIP draft. The draft also includes Federal Transit Administration projects um, and the program 5307 operating funds apportioned by the board in January for FY22. And then the projects from the MPO Transit Program of Projects, which was approved by the board in April. 
Tonight we are asking for approval of the draft TIP list of projects. The Transportation Technical Advisory Committee recommended approval of this at their May 17th meeting. And upon approval, we will start our 30-day public comment period and submit the TIP to our public input organization mailing list, the Iowa DOT, the Federal Highway Administration, and the Federal Transit Administration. Um, upon review by these stakeholders, we will then present a final TIP for board approval in July. Um, and then the final TIP is due July 15th. So if there are any um, comments or questions tonight, I'd be happy to answer those. Any questions for Emily? Okay, right. I entertain a motion. I'll move to approve. Second. Any, any discussion? Seeing no discussion, all those in favor, please say aye. 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 Opposed? Aye. Was that an op opposed from Janice? Or an aye for in favor of? Did I no, I just was late. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Janice. Uh, motion passes. The, uh, the next item under transportation planning is consider a resolution approving the MPOJC fiscal year 2023 transportation planning work program. Thank you. Um, attached is a draft copy of the MPOJC FY23 transportation planning work program for your review. The work program includes all locally requested projects we receive from member entities and general projects and procedures as required by the Iowa DOT, the Federal Highway Administration, and the Federal Transit Administration. Besides being a federal requirement, we rely on this work program to organize our data collection and manage our project workflow throughout the year. Um, we will continue to take requests for additional projects throughout the year um, and complete those projects as time permits. At their May 17th meeting, the Technical Advisory Committee unanimously recommended approval of the work program, and tonight we are asking the board to consider approval of the FY23 transportation work program. Um, if you have any questions, I'd be happy to answer those. Um, you had all approved the list of projects at your last meeting, and since then, Coralville added one project, project number 21, which is an always stop analysis at Holiday Road and Southridge Drive. Otherwise, this is just the, the entire planning document along with those, um, those projects, that list of projects. Any questions for Emily? If not, I'd entertain a motion. So move. Second. second. Motion and a second. Any discussion? No discussion. All those in favor, please say aye. 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 Anyone opposed? Motion passes. Uh, the third item under transportation planning is consider a resolution approving the MPOJC 2050 travel demand model and long range transportation plan. Thank you. So after a multi-year planning process, I am pleased to announce that our MPO long range transportation plan and travel demand model out to 2050 are now complete. The plan is an update to the previous 2045 transportation plan 
and is the vision for transportation across the metro. The emphasis does remain on the nine guiding principles with also an expanded set of performance measures that we will use to assess how the transportation network is performing into the future. Amid our emerging technologies, such as automated and connected vehicles, um, we feel as though the plan does continue um, with an emphasis on equity and enhancing quality of life. The plan also helps guide decision-making over the next five years in terms of project selection and funding opportunities. Since your last meeting, we sent the draft plan to the Iowa DOT, the Federal Highway Administration, and the Federal Transit Administration for final review and comment. The document was also published for a 30-day public comment period, and that ended on May 2nd. We received positive feedback both from residents and from DOT staff. Um, and finally, I want to thank this board for your involvement, um, for helping us work through the guiding principles, um, adjusting the scoring criteria for prioritizing projects, um, and then also just reviewing draft content. The Technical Advisory Committee unanimously recommended approval of the Long Range Transportation Plan and the Travel Demand Model at the May 17th meeting. And tonight we are asking you all to consider approval of the Long Range Transportation Plan and Travel Demand Model. Um, if you have any questions, I would be happy to answer those. The plan is due to those three entities, the DOT, Federal Highway, and Federal Transit on May 31st. Any questions? Emily, what was the scope of the public comment that you received? So we received um, a couple emails and then we had um, a survey link on the, um, the LRTP page and we had a few comments on there. But all positive it sounds like? Yes. Good. Yep. Yeah. Any other questions or comments? I'd entertain a motion. Mr. Chairman, I would uh, move adoption of the proposed resolution approving the MPO JC 2050 travel demand model and long range transportation plan. Thank you. Second. Thank you. And um, discussion? Thank you to staff and everyone else who put in a lot of work on this. Thank you. Absolutely. We, we enjoyed most of it. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd uh, you know, I'd, I'd, it's a beautiful document and has it's just packed with information. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I kind of wish I could unpack it in a way to, uh, you know, be able to comment on it uh, thoughtfully. I, I, you know, those those on council know that I'm concerned about traffic safety, and uh, you know, I looked at those the data there, and it, they certainly could improve as well as climate-related data in terms of vehicle miles traveled per capita. So I, I, I view this as sort of a document that is kind of laying it out there and as an MPO and, and asking our municipalities, you know, to carefully consider our policies moving forward so that we can better align with our climate action goals, goals related to traffic safety, you know, better better um, use of our bicycle networks and increased pedestrian travel, try to move away a little bit from you know, our car-centric culture. So it's all there, <laughs> you know, the information's there. And um, 
you know, it'll really, I th in my view, be up to the municipalities to, to take action as, as we all see appropriate to, to improve the situation. But, you know, it's, it's in good shape, I think. You know, it's a, a good document, and, and, you know, we're, things could be worse than they are. Um, so I, I think we have a lot to be thankful for. I, I do kind of wonder about the um, population projections, you know, which are kind of a linear Mm -hmm. analysis and just knowing how uncertain we are everything is right now um, I, I don't know how you make predictions about population it just seems um, the, the volatility of, of things could throw our projections out the window especially the further out you go mm -hmm. but um, well, you know it's a, we look at it every five years so there's always an opportunity to to adjust the plan as we move forward yeah, that's what I was going to mention is that we will review this, um, start planning the next document in three years. So if if we need to make adjustments mm -hmm. as to the population projection method, we certainly can do so at that time. All right, good. Any other comments? Uh, I'd entertain a motion. I think we already did. Did we already do that? Okay. We did. Okay. All those in favor, say aye. 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 Any opposed? Aye. <laughs> Motion passes. Okay, the um, item D under transportation planning is the update on the Crandick Rail discussions. At our April meeting, um, we briefly discussed the merits of passenger rail and the opportunity to study bus rapid transit um, in the Crandick corridor. The discussion of bus transit stemmed in part from new information that one, the Crandick Rail was no longer interested in operating a passenger rail service. Um, secondly, the idea that bus transit could be an easier and potentially more cost-effective service to implement. And lastly, um, excitement around the four new electric buses that Iowa City has. Um, to gauge interest in using bus transit as an alternative to passenger rail, Kent had met with several area city managers and contacted Crandick Rail. While bus transit was not something that has been previously discussed, both groups were very open to the potential. Um, Kent was also in communication with the Surface Transportation Board, which is the federal agency charged with economic regulation of rail lines, um, to discuss the two um, potential mechanisms to implement bus service in the corridor. And those two are listed in the memo. The first is that Entities cannot rail bank exclusively for bus use as the legislation is primarily intended for rails to trails conversions. And so um, while we can't do that, we could potentially rail bank um, if a multi-use trail and a bus line did run parallel to each other. Um, the definition of rail banking is in your memo for your information. Um, the second is that the bus only option would need to be accomplished through the rail abandonment process. So this is option two. Um, rail abandonment is the process permitted under federal law to discontinue the use of r the rail line. However, part of the process allows other interested rail com companies to come in and have the first right to purchase the rail line for their use. As previously directed by the policy board, um, Kent does continue to does intend to continue to have conversations with city managers and elected officials to maintain the momentum. 
Um, and as he's identified in the memo, next steps include gauging interest to hire a consultant to study the feasibility of implementing bus rapid transit as an alternative to passenger rail, or moving forward with forming a working group, hiring a design consultant, and then pursuing grant funding to implement a passenger rail service. Um, as Kent was unable to attend the meeting, I will try my best to answer the questions that you all may have. Um, and John um, had met with Kent yesterday too, so John, feel free to, to add in anything as you see fit. Okay. So, um, discussion of this of this particular item. What do you all think? They are open to a trail, bus rapid transit, or passenger rail. Um, you know, they, they can't make any assurances as to moving in one direction or the other, but they are open to studying um, those and in, in moving forward with that. Do you, oh, Do you see any companies interested in purchasing the rail? I can't answer that. I don't, um, in conversations with um, Ken, um, it's, it's unknown. Okay. Um, it's likely that someone would come in, but you know, it's just, it's unknown. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Your turn, Chris. <laughs> and let me go back to your first question. Um, you, or maybe you can answer it, and I know that you may not, so that's okay. Mm -hmm. Can you put a finer point on what Crandy would be willing to do? You mentioned like three things there. Can you paint a picture of what those may look like? You mentioned trails, and can you just be a little bit more specific? So I can be as specific as, um, as I know. So I know that um, Crandick had basically um, written a letter um, to inform city managers that they would be able to support a trail by itself, bus rapid transit by itself, or passenger rail. Now they can't make any assurances, as I said, as to for sure being able to um, implement that and move forward with one or the other. It's just that they've worked with the communities um, and they're willing to continue that partnership. Okay, so if you're talking about trail mm -hmm. or, or bus, are you talking about, and maybe this is the part you can't answer, are they talking about removing the rails on there or leaving them in there and having a trail bus service work like on top of them? Being parallel to them doesn't seem like a real viable option in certain places. There's not enough right away to have. Correct. There's not enough right away for certain things to exist together. Right. Um, so that would be determined. Okay. And my, I spoke with our city manager about this and uh, he was referring to the letter. So I can just kind of say at least what was related to me, Chris, that might help fill that in a little. Um, but I think the, the sort of intention of the rails to trails transition that the rail banking federal mechanism um, is is therefore I think does anticipate taking out the the rail okay. um, and it the rail in this case Crandick would remain the owner and would have an option to re-implement rail in the future my understanding and Emily you may know better is that it's very unusual if not never that they have done that you know rail operators have taken back a <laughs> rail that's been made into a trail but I think the the option referenced here, I do think, unless I misunderstood, that, that Crandick said maybe a trail adjacent to a bus, you know, kind of running both on the right of way would be an option. 
Correct, yeah, a trail with a bus taking the tracks out would be an option. Just one individual, but I, I continue to feel like the most important thing is just protecting the right of way. Because I think once it's gone, it's, it's definitely gone. And, you know, I think one of the things that's really interesting about this is, you know, this was the route many years ago. And if we were going to design a, right, a route right now, it would be pretty close to exactly where it is. And we just may not have the demand today or the, or the money today or whatever, but it just seems like if we let it go, then we're really doing the future group wrong because maybe in 20 years this is viable or 50 years it's viable. But if we do away with the right-of-way, then it's, it's not going to happen. Where do you see the potential for doing away with right away right now? <clears throat> well, I mean, How would that happen. Uh, I mean, by just by just sort of, um, I guess maybe I should. I guess I would say. I guess I would vote to keep the rails. Maybe I should say that, um, okay. just because I think I don't know buses. Probably um, there's already roads that they can take. You know, if we want to do buses, but this seems like a pretty unique feature that. If we uh, if we get rid of it, it's then it's gone. <coughs> and so we, but I, I totally get the fact that nobody really has this budgeted. Yeah. So I think a lot. Of, also, a lot of the rail would have to be replaced. Yeah. So preserving that physical space is, I think, the primary thing. Instead, I guess you know I don't know if the grant really had that in their future plan to use anything with it. abandon it, then we are much more flexible on what we want to do. Is, my, is that my, I understanding that correctly? To, to a certain extent, um, rail abandonment, um, you know, there's only so much right away there. So that's a, a constraint. Um, if they do abandon it, then, you know, we may not have the option because another railroad would come in. So there's always that, that hiccup. Yeah. So, but if they rail backed it, we could put a trail on it, and the, as long as the Crandick was willing to maintain that relationship, is there a can they? If it's rail bank, can they then sell it to somebody else? I mean, I think that what, whatever agreement um, Crandick and the, the communities would come to, it would be you know for a hundred years um, this trail would would exist, or you know whatever that timeline is, um, and that could be determined. Well, I, I just wonder maybe trying to get a hold of the Crandick and the organizations and the entities here, a, an agreement of what we can do with it that we can nail down quicker, and then we're not going to lose that. You know that flexibility in the future, whether it's you know train stuff, bus stuff, even a trail. I mean, be a great trail. And I think what we learned over the last you know six months or so, as Kent talked with with Crandick, was that they, you know, I don't know, two years ago maybe, were saying they might want to operate passenger rail on that line, and then last fall said, no, we don't want to operate it, but you can go ahead and figure something else out. So that's kind of how I understand where we're at now. And I think with the abandonment process, the issue would be, would another operator come in that 
wouldn't, you know, they'd be using it for freight and wouldn't allow any other potential passenger uses. Uh, I think from a long range, you know, planning perspective, the, the key, regardless of, you know, rail or bus or whatever the mode is, the key is that we're looking at ways to put people <laughs> in the corridor and move them north and south, not on 965 Ranshaw Way, not on Interstate 380 in a way that is safe and, you know, environmentally sound and accessible and easy. And I think regardless of the timeline, that's something we really should not step away from. So I, I think, you know, whether it's a working group to talk about um, the possibility, you know, what would bus rapid transit with a trail immediately adjacent to it, like, to me, that's a really exciting possibility where you would get the pedestrian and bicycle access as well as maybe passenger at the same time. And I think that would be a great thing to just keep, keep talking about, think about what's possible. I, I agree with you, Laura, and I think the first thing we need to know is how much space we have on there. And if, if this study for gauging interest in a consultant, if that consultant is like, to your point, Rod, you know, preserving that space in there, whether it's for rail lines or for bus and trail. And then at the same time, knowing whether Crandic is going to be okay with any of those moves. Um, I feel like we should probably have more solid information from Crandic first before we commit to having somebody look at it. Because if Crandic says, well, you know what, I said three options back in May of 2022, but really, we would only be good with one of them, then you know that would that wouldn't be good for anybody. So if we if, if we could get better commitment from Crandic, um, in what 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 guardrails would they want up there? We need to stay in these lanes for them, and then have a consultant take a look at that. Because if we're going to put a trail and a bus line there, I don't think it's I don't think it's going to fit in certain places, and it might. Maybe I'm not. There's a very good chance I'm not creative enough to see it that way. But um, we need to then have that consultant help us to understand that. And I don't think that'll be a tremendous expense. Um, I don't think it'll be the, um, the type of study that we've seen over the last couple of years. So Chris, um, for your information, Crandick did send a letter to the city managers um, that Laura was referencing, indicating that they're in support of studying this further. They're in support of you know us trying to figure out what what may work the best um so what are you looking for in terms of a, a more defined commitment i got the impression and I, know, I must be wrong here that maybe Crandy said they were in support of the study but at the same time they didn't say yeah we're good with it go with it but okay. maybe that's implied and maybe i'm maybe i misread that i don't know if it's implied because they haven't made any assurances um, so I guess the information we have um, is the three studies and um, you know that's that's kind of it in terms of how things will work uh, for the passenger rail okay. and the trail there's no um, defined or concrete information as to bus rapid transit there's there hasn't been a study done on that right. I personally think the I mean the, the Preserving the corridor is important. I think the the viability of the bus rapid transit, especially now with the option of the electric buses, uh, really enhances that option because it 
provides a much cleaner, smoother ride than uh, would you know, a conventional bus. I think it would help distinguish it from our street systems as a, as a means of travel. You know, it would have the same kind of uh, cachet as a, a light rail system in some ways. Um, and the hybrid concept of pedestrian bicycle bus is is very intriguing so it you know could enhance our recreational networks as well as provide another means of getting north and south i wonder too about what the land use potential is along the corridor um, i'm not familiar with the entire corridor but i spend a, I, I drive through to uh you know the um the research center up there you know on the oakdale campus and i think my God, what th this could be a potentially a, a really charming small town, perhaps, depending on you know how it was developed, as well as all that uh, office park, which I'm kind of concerned about the future of office parks these days. So if if that land, w whether it remains or not, um, seems to have considerable value that would be enhanced with better access, which the rail the this corridor runs right through it. Um, so I, it seems very worth, certainly worth looking at further in my mind in terms of what, what the potentials are and what, you know, give us a better sense of, of what direction to, to choose. So do we have a sense of, of you know, moving, at least continuing the conversation? Is that does anyone have reservations about, about that or is opposed to pr proceeding with further discussion? Can, well, it, oh, sorry. It, there were a couple of, couple of options here. It wasn't necessarily on, on one. So I don't know how to answer your question, mm -hmm. John. I was just gonna say that Kent can continue those conversations with the city managers. Um, and if you all want to have conversations with your city managers and, and we can go from there. Um. One other question I had, Emily, was mm -hmm. the, um, the DOT provided some, you know, voiced their strong support for um, passenger rail along that corridor at our meeting back in November. Mm -hmm. Do you know if Kent's talked with <coughs> them about how different modes might impact their ability to support the project like that? I do not know that, no. Could you but pass along a yes. request that he asked them? Yes, <laughs> I will, I will. We, we had a gentleman talk about on-off ramps where people would be able to be, you know, to get on and off, park, all that. I don't remember who that gentleman was, but he sounded like he had done quite a study at one time. That may have been Brad Newman, um, who retired from the MPO. He may have um, yeah, talked about the studies. Okay. It'd be interesting just maybe have, I don't know if you have access to just an engineer person and just say, hey, if I wanted to put a bus on this, what would I have to do? Because if they say, oh, you just take the rails out and put blacktop or pave over it, you know, it you know, gives you some information. So that, that, the other thing about a bus is it's, it's scalable more rapidly. So if you spend a lot of money on rail and then 
you know, anybody riding it, now you've spent a lot of money on rail cars, but if you buy a couple buses and don't people, many people ride it, I'm sure we can find some place to put them. Or a lot of people ride it. It's much easier, I bet, to get a bus than it is a, a passenger rail car. Yeah, it seems to me the next increment, you know, that in terms of where we are now uh, to, to consider the BRT, with, particularly with electric buses, to me, that, that that's the next increment. The rail seems like a little bit of a, a leap for our, our you know, from our current transportation systems, and you're kind of describing how, you know, the, the bus in a way is more flexible depending on, you know, how well things go uh, with less investment up front. Okay. Okay. Bus transit buses are quite heavy, so the standard is usually six to ten inches of concrete. That's what we do on institutional roads on campus. The stop and go, obviously, a little bit heavier than a longer uh, route like highways and things like this. So BRT, they won't. The expectation is that they will continue to travel, and not have that stop and start. Keep in mind all of the stops. I guess would the study also contemplate the authority who would manage the BRT between all of our um, the universities and the communities that it goes through? Because I know that was kind of one of the elements of the study as well as the idea and the physical things I think of you're right I think of cost be very low knock it out how much would it cost physically but the bigger question to me when we wanted the BRT is who's going to manage it and how would that work and I think the university is supportive of everything until we probably get to that level if that makes any sense um, so I just want to keep that in mind that if we're looking for a study how big and what are we going to look at but it would be a lot of concrete to make that ready for a bus and depending I, I, this is the to North Liberty right, not the Cedar Rapids. That's what we're talking about. Well, Kent will circle back with um, the city managers, um, work through some of these details, and then we can bring it back to you all at the July meeting. But in the meantime, feel free to reach out to him if there's anything you know that comes up between now and then. Of course. Okay, good. Is there any other business? Uh, I did have one thing real briefly. Um, <clears throat> for uh, all the partners here, uh, this is not really MPO business, but this is a great opportunity for me to share it. Um, some of you may have been around, uh, there was a July 21st, 2021 uh, joint entities meeting where we talked about a, uh, an aquifer study that the county did um, 16 years ago with the USGS and it's just about expired and we had been engaged engaging the USGS to talk about doing another obviously with all the development in the area um, <clears throat> you know people need to know that there's enough water and where it is um, the USGS was excited to uh, to do that. They talked to us, what, John, about a month ago maybe? Yeah. Uh, and presented a, a, uh, a proposal where they will study the aquifer. They actually want to do something big enough that it would have, it would take in all of Johnson County, most of Lynn, uh, most of Cedar. It's basically the, the whole aquifer itself. So it's a, it's a pretty big area. Uh, parts of Washington, Benton, Iowa County are all in there. Um, the USGS was also willing to, the cost of the study is about 
if we did it in the current started, it's a four-year study, and then they would present the results, which is actually perfect timing for us because that's when the other one basically would be done. Um, <clears throat> over that four years, it would be $450,000. If we acted now, <laughs> um, they would pay 150000 of that. Oh, thanks, John. So uh, this morning, the board uh, gave a, uh, authorization to our uh, Planning Development Sustainability Director to go ahead and enter into a contract with them. Um, I think we'll vote on that tomorrow. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. Vote on that tomorrow um, to go ahead and do it. Um, we really wanted to take advantage of that, you know, one-third match coming from the federal government. The problem is, well, some of you were at that meeting back in July and shook your heads, yes, we don't have any agreements. Um, so we are going to be reaching out to all of you, um, university, you know, every municipality. Um, because it's a bigger study, we'll be talking to Lynn County and the city of Cedar Rapids and basically every city that's in this, this web and asking them to participate in some way. Uh, to offset that cost a little bit. We've already made the commitment, we're doing it, um, but we certainly don't want to go it alone. So um, you'll be getting some kind of official letter at some point relatively soon just asking you to consider joining us as a partner in this endeavor, and so we hope that you'll consider doing that. And we obviously don't have any method necessarily figured out yet of exactly how, how to ask uh, what the appropriate amounts are per uh, per municipality or anything like that. We will try to figure that out. But, and we'd be open to your suggestions. So that's it. Thanks, Ron. Any other business? Okay, if not, uh, entertain a motion to adjourn. So moved. Seconded. All those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Aye. <laughs> Thank you, Janice. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Sure. <laughs>